Well, hey, everyone. Thank you for joining us here at Mercy Talk. This is Jen Otero, and I am one of your co-hosts here at Mercy Talk. And today I'm actually flying solo because my co-worker, Melanie, is out of the office this week. And so today we have the awesome opportunity to sit and chat with one of our graduates, Heather, who graduated from our Lincoln home in 2011. And she has joined us today just to talk through Keys to Freedom and just her personal story, how that's impacted her. And so, Heather, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, Jen. Yes, absolutely. So since August, we have been discussing our keys to freedom and we've been talking through week by week, just a different key. We've been talking through just the teaching of what those keys require, just the understanding from even the biblical mandates of what those things mean, but also then the practicality of, okay, it's one thing to understand what these things are. It's another thing practically to put them to work, which I'm sure you even nodding, you're like, yes, Yes. I get that. We can know (laughs) something, but to really know how to put it to work is a whole different thing. And so I'm really interested to hear just a little bit if we can start off about just your journey to coming to Mercy, sort of what brought you there, a little bit of your testimony, anything you feel like would be helpful for listeners to know just when it comes to your time at Mercy and in the program. Sure. Well, before I came to Mercy, I had an eating disorder for (laughs) about 10 years. And with that came all sorts of addictions, alcohol, uh, depression, suicidal thoughts, uh, isolation, and really terrible toxic relationships with that. And I felt oftentimes that when you're untangling one necklace from a bunch of necklaces, you just want to get one, right? I think ladies out there can understand that, (laughs) that frustration. But to untangle one, you have to untangle them all. And the way I was trying to sort through my life was just trying to get one necklace out because I only saw one problem at a time. I didn't see it from the scope of all inclusive. It was all, it was all connected. Mm -hmm. And I would avoid going home. I would avoid family. I would avoid any kind of normalcy because my dysfunction was my norm. And anytime I was outside of that, I was very uncomfortable. And I just wanted to get back to my routine, get back to what I knew to be comfortable. On the off chance that I did go home, uh, one time I went to a wedding where one of the girls in the wedding party had gone to college with, and I just hadn't seen her in a while. And I asked, you know, where she had been, and she told me she was attending a mercy home. And as we were talking, I also saw our moms talking at the same table, because <laughs> moms will talk and exchange yes. information. <laughs> they sure will. And I was still pretty hardened at that time, and it was one of those, well, that's great that, you did, that you're doing that for yourself. And I left not thinking that any of that applied to me. Little did I know that I had a praying mother <laughs> yeah. who uh, thought otherwise. So about two years later, I went home again. I was a teacher, graduated college, very unhealthy and unhealthy relationships, drinking every night, just did not want to be close with anybody. And so another time that I did go home was for Easter and my family had actually planned an intervention for me. And it was that night that my mom reminded me of when we were at the wedding and we had heard about Mercy Multiplied from my friend. And that's when we got the ball rolling on the application process. And it's crazy because I'm from Nashville and I just had not thought to look at options in Nashville. And so we we looked into it. It all made sense in my head. I was willing. Mm -hmm. I think I just needed an out. I needed somebody to tell me it was okay to take time off of my life. I was... I felt like I'm a full grown woman. I should make my own decisions. I have a career. I can't take time off of work or life or relationships, but for somebody else to say it's worth it. Mm -hmm. um, I was 
25 at the time. And if you think about it, I had already done six months, 50 times over at that point. So it's doable. Six months is doable. (laughs) So I had to quantify that. And that started the process. I, I went back to my career. I went back to teaching and really had to set up some accountability that I will get this application process done. I would, I will follow up. I will stay on it. And it was really hard. Mm-hmm. And I think those are my hardest months. And I knew that it was a lot of spiritual warfare. Yeah. That's why I knew I was doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. You're on the right track. Mm-hmm. And once I was accepted, I, um, I moved everything home, put everything in storage, moved out to California. And I was there for the next six months and graduated in December of 2011. So it was right at six months that I was there. And I was determined that when I went home for Christmas, I would be home for Christmas and be able to enjoy that time and and stay home and live out out the freedom. Oh, that's awesome. So Heather, we've been talking through, as I mentioned, the keys to freedom over the last couple of months. And I think it's really helpful for listeners to hear from someone who has actually walked those through. So can you tell us a little bit about what that was like to complete our counseling model, which is called Choices That Bring Change, which is the keys to freedom? And are there any specifically that you felt like were the most helpful for you in your own healing journey while you're in the program? Sure. Well, I definitely loved the structure of Keys to Freedom. Coming from a place of chaos Mm -hmm. in my own personal life, I needed structure and I needed accountability and I needed to know what I'm working towards. And also it helped that they weren't linear. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like you complete the first one and then you totally move on. For instance, choosing to forgive. I think I did that several times over the course of the six months that I was at Mercy Multiplied. And so the fact that not only do I I gain a key, but I continue to use it right. because I know how to use it. I know a healthy way to use it. Even now, I'm still using them. You know, mm-hmm. so that it wasn't linear, and I didn't feel like I had to master one to move on. Because whereas I came from a, a place of chaos, I also came from a place of perfectionism, yeah. thinking I had to perfect everything, and trying to perfect chaos <laughs> is chaotic. <laughs> so it definitely helps. Yeah. <laughs> So it definitely helped me in my mind to know that I wasn't supposed to perfect any of these gifts, mm-hmm. that I could continue to work on them. And I still am continuing yeah. to work on those. Which is awesome because that's really what we talk a lot about mm-hmm. and have been talking a lot about, that it's not just this one-time thing, you know, mm-hmm. especially with forgiveness, but all of these things, that they really are tools that, you know, for our residents in the program or for mm-hmm. people who come to our outreach events or for me and Mel, like, these are tools that we will use the rest of our lives. Mm -hmm. Yes, they serve a purpose in healing season where they are just really focused and you're getting the healing you need. But then every single day, there's something that we're doing, whether it's renewing our mind or, you know, choosing to forgive, or there's times I've even in the last couple of weeks, I feel like the Lord's like, there's been some new hurts, Jen, we need to pray through. Mm -hmm. Like it's just this continual place of using those tools. And so were there any other ones that sort of stuck out to you that you really found helpful in the program and, or still really use to this day that you feel like continues to help you maintain your freedom? Yes. Well, and they all do, like you Mm -hmm. said, and having the tools in your belt knowing how to use them. It wasn't that I didn't know how to ever use them. It's mm-hmm. the awareness of having those tools. Right. Um, the two that really affected my time at Mercy the most, and I think really propelled me forward in my healing was the renewing of mind mm-hmm. and choosing to forgive. Renewing my mind, I found myself replaying tapes that had been playing over and over in my head for 25 years. And so 
that was critical for me to rip those tapes out and put new tapes in, um, or I guess DVDs. <laughs> I love tapes. it. What are those? Audio cassettes. <laughs> This is not the 90s. I know. Um, <laughs> we have just aged ourselves. <laughs> so, but you get the idea. Mm-hmm. And really seeing what the Bible has to say about me, what God has to say about me, and knowing that I am not the trash that I had treated myself and that I was letting other people treat me as such, that I can find the truth on my own. Um, what, what basically what helped me was to identify lies in my life. I want to camp on that for a second because identifying a lie in your life is really difficult because mm-hmm. you see it as truth. So right. How do I know it's a lie? So allowing myself to say, okay, I still think this is true in my mind, but I know it can be better than mm-hmm. this. And that's how I knew it was a lie is right. because I was okay with it, but I just didn't have a piece that that was truth, you know, thinking that I'm never going to deserve someone, but also knowing that I actually, I, I know I deserve so much more than this. I know I deserve a man that loves me. I know I deserve a family. I know I deserve freedom. So I definitely, uh, renewing my mind, that helped me search for truth to counteract those lies and then to see them as lies and believe that they're lies mm-hmm. and then take that truth and replace it. And then choosing to forgive was huge. I don't know that I harbored as much resentment towards others as I did towards myself. Mm-hmm. I'm my hardest critic. And so I definitely had to work through forgiving myself for the majority of that step. And with that, I was able to forgive others as well. I had to forgive myself first. I realized that God's forgiveness isn't good enough. I had to forgive myself mm-hmm. to move on. And while I think it was a necessary step, at the same time, I think you know, his, his forgiveness should cover this because his forgiveness matters. Right. So, but you make a good point too, because I think even as we talk through the key to freedom, that is choosing to forgive. There was that conversation that so often we think automatically when we think of forgiveness, we think of the other people we need to forgive, which is legitimate, of course. But I think sometimes we can forget to really stop and go, okay, what unforgiveness am I harboring towards myself Mm -hmm. or even God? That was the other portion that we really talked through Mm -hmm. that it's important that we really take the time to gauge those three areas and that we're just honest with ourselves. If there is that unforgiveness towards ourselves, that we take that time to really address that and to deal with that. And as you said, once you do that, you're then freed up in a different way to forgive others Mm -hmm. and possibly even to forgive God. So it does really play together in so many cool ways. And I'm such a people pleaser that in my mind, I thought if I forgive them, that means I have to reconcile myself towards them. When really there are people I should not see ever again Mm -hmm. (laughs) that I can forgive them and that can be that. Mm -hmm. I don't have to do anything else after that. So knowing that I could forgive and not reconcile face to face, that was comforting as well. Huge. It's so, so important. That's awesome. Now you mentioned with the renewing the mind part of things, you sort of tipped a little bit into, it sounds like one of the lies that you're believing along the lines of not having healthy relationships or possibly not deserving a good man. Can you tell us a little bit about what that part of your life looks like now? Hmm, That's great. (laughs) Um, Well, I just celebrated three years of marriage to my husband, Daniel, and that relationship was a pinnacle relationship. It was right. uh, I met Daniel the year I was out of Mercy Multiplied. And at that point, I felt very, and I still do feel very empowered. Mm -hmm. And it was a high for me 
knowing that I didn't need someone. Mm-hmm. And I think that was attractive. That's very attractive to men, knowing that a woman doesn't need a man, you know? And I, and I really felt that very much. And I, but I also saw the need for relationship right. and the, the need for intimacy because that's how we were made. We were created for intimacy and for relationship, whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was a lie that I believed and it came out in some aspects of our dating stages where I would isolate or push away if I felt guilty about something mm-hmm. or if something from my past came up. And we, we talked everything out. Um, he was very, he's, he's always been very receptive and very uh, much full of grace. And I it was very organic. It wasn't yeah. me on a first date spilling my guts to him over a soda. Yeah, (laughs) it was, it was very organic and it was like, you know, the, okay, Lord, if he needs to know about this other area, please make it blatantly obvious. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, maybe a day or two later, he would just ask a pointed question. So, you know, why I've noticed this, why is that, you know, and, and, and it was just an organic conversation. So I also learned how to tell my story and not use it as leverage in relationships, which was very healing not, hey, here's my story. Now let's see if you're going to stay around or leave. <laughs> it was, this is my story. I want you to understand me better because I know you care for me and this is how you can care for me on a deeper level. Yeah. And I really had to analyze my motives in telling my story. You know, sometimes I did tell him hurtful memories or hurtful parts of my past because I was testing the waters to see if it's too much. Mm -hmm. And I had to ask for his forgiveness on that and say, listen, I shared that piece of my past with you because I'm feeling guilty about it. And I don't think I deserve your, your love right now. And so being very open about why I'm telling him my past and same thing with other relationships, you know, that, that leaked over into my friendships and leaked over into my family relationships. Um, so that I learned a lot through that. Mm -hmm. And I love that too, because it, it points out the fact that you know, you started the process of renewing your mind while you're in the program and you started to come into a place of truth of like, I deserve a good man and that that's what God has for me and I'm not going to just settle. But then this man comes along and then there's the process of walking out relationship and I'm sure continuing to renew your mind, and, you know, just really just kind of putting the steps to what you knew is truth. And I think that is such an important reminder for all of us too, that Yes, there's so much healing and wonderful things that come through these keys and walking this out. But then there's just the reality of relationship and day in and day out and continuing to invite the Lord in and allowing him to be the one that reveals to us and guides us and leads us in the step by step. Mm -hmm. And I know being married, and I'm sure you do as well, that doesn't stop just because you get married. (laughs) There there is the continuation of continuing to put these things to work and walking Mm -hmm. that out. So that Mm -hmm. is awesome. That's so, so good, Heather. So Heather, we've talked through how the keys to freedom impacted you in the program. We've talked through how it impacted you, impacts you day in and day out in marriage and life, that kind of thing. But I also know that you walked through a season of leading one of our Ditch the Baggage studies. So you've also watched these keys to freedom impact other people through that study. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Well, I work for Dave Ramsey mm-hmm. at Ramsey Solutions and I'm very close with several of my team members there. And my family likes to put together a table every year for the Christmas dinner that Mercy Multiplied puts on. And my mom said, hey, we have a couple extra seats. I had some of my friends cancel. I'll just like leave it to you to 
figure out, you know, who you want to bring. And yeah. I said, okay, great. I have a ton of people that I can think of. <laughs> so I, I, I prayed about it. And about a week before that, Nancy was actually on a podcast at our work. And so it was a very fresh, a uh, uh, fresh talk. So it was fresh on everybody's minds. And so I kind of used that as a question and put some feelers out and said, Hey, this is the opportunity. I'd really, if you want to know more about mm-hmm. Mercy Multiplied, you heard what Nancy had to say. You heard that discussion. There's this great dinner where you'll hear from graduates, amazing food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just a, a beautiful night, uh, silent auction and, um, just networking with other supporters and, you know, who, who's interested or just no, no strings attached. And immediately I had two girlfriends say, yep, let, let me have a ticket. And so, um, and, and they ended up being just the, the perfect people to go with me. And, um, so we enjoyed our, We enjoyed the night. It was a beautiful night, wonderful testimonies. And they showed a video for the new, the new study at the time it was new. And one of the girls leaned over to me and said, Heather, if you teach that, I'll, I'll do it. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> because the entire time during this, during the video, I thought, gosh, I would love to lead that. I don't know who would, who would take it. <laughs> and so when she said that, I said, okay, fine, God, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> so it turns, so it turns out I got the ball rolling on that. I, I got a hold of the study and I, we ordered our books and actually recruited another gal that we work with. And so it was just the four of us. And I didn't, think any of these girls had anything they were working through mm-hmm. it was a very like we only knew each other at work but oh my goodness after the first night it just it was like the floodgates opened yeah. and I thought I don't know what I got myself into because then I discovered I'm like I'm not healed <laughs> <laughs> which I don't think we've never arrived right and that was a fresh reminder and I had to really deal with some appearance appearances there thinking, okay, I hope that they didn't ask me to lead this thinking that I'm good. Mm-hmm. What it, what will it look like when I bring up th- new things I'm working through? And I really found that it was a safe space yeah. to do that. And we worked through that study. I tell you, you know, whereas Wednesday nights were usually free for all of us, Wednesday nights became very busy all of a sudden. Once we put that on the calendar, conflicts would come up. And, but we, we really stuck, stuck through it. The nights that if two girls couldn't make it, then there's only two of us. So we still met and we just prayed. So it was like, okay, well, we're still going to meet and we're still going to make time to do this and make this edifying for not just us praying, but also the two who couldn't make it. We're going to pray for them too. And so it was really helpful to um, have that community, have that prayer time and establish that new level of intimacy with my team members that I work with. Right. Now, I assume then that you're able to really see some cool freedom come for yourself as well as them. For sure. And it's amazing because we really can look into other people's lives and assume they've kind of got it together. Mm -hmm. They sort of have it wrapped up. And often that is the case. But then when you really get intentional about healing and you get intentional about walking through and opening ourselves up to allow the Lord to put his finger on things, we all have a list mm-hmm. <laughs> of things the Lord's like, awesome, that's been on my agenda. And really, mm-hmm. he's just so faithful to come in and do that. So that's so cool. So, so mm-hmm. cool. 
So I would say that I really guess our last question for you, Heather, as we get ready to wrap up, is there any last thoughts, last encouragement that you have for our listeners that have just kind of been tuning in, that have been, you know, hearing about these keys to freedom over the last couple months, hearing your story, anything else that you can think of that you would just like to leave as last thoughts? I can never say this enough, Jen. If you are a parent, if you are a friend, if you are a sister, a brother who knows someone who is hurting, who knows somebody going through any kind of abuse, choosing things that aren't right for them, not healthy, do not stop praying. Mm -hmm. My mom was up at 3 a.m., 4 a.m. every morning on her knees praying, and she was relentless. And times when I thought she was being doing that for no reason, like, Mom, that's pointless. Right. I'm not going to change. Nothing's going to change. She thought otherwise. And so there's there's definitely power in prayer and that sounds cliche but it's so true and I I encourage you to continue to pray and even when it doesn't make sense even when you think that that person is the farthest away from any kind of freedom or any kind of realization just don't give up don't give up on that don't give up on them because I think what would have happened if my mom had given up on me my dad had given up on me they could have had a selfish moment and said this hurts too much and they didn't they pressed in so That's amazing. Oh, that's such an awesome point to leave our listeners with. And there is that longevity and that long view and trusting Lord's faithfulness. And you're on the other side of it, living the good fruit of their prayer and the power in their prayer. So thank you, Heather, so much for joining us today. I'm so glad you're able to come and just share from your story. That's awesome. Well, thanks everyone for joining us at Mercy Talk today, and we will catch you next time. 